0: the back next to you, will you? You made it. You did good. (laughs) Thank you. The band and I were worried we'd be the only ones here this morning. So uh, thanks for making it. Well, as we've been uh, together in this uh, season, kind of lighting the candles, marching towards uh, Christmas, uh, it's been a season where we've been looking at uh, the invitations, the birth announcements that God makes around this incredible birth. Uh, of His Son into the world. And so we looked at Mary, if you remember, and the angel visiting her. Uh, We looked at uh, the wise men and the uh, star in the sky and that announcement. And so today we'll turn our attention uh, to another uh, birth announcement. And remember, we're hoping to look at these birth announcements and glean from them as we look at what they say, what they do. How does that fit into our life? So, Here's today's uh, gospel, today's story. You ready? This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she had given birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Okay, there's the birth announcement, and uh, the person that received the birth announcement is Joseph. You bet. We're going to look at Joseph uh, this morning. And uh, kind of an interesting thing about Joseph, I don't know if you've uh, heard this before or thought about it before, but when you look back at Joseph and his appearance in the Scripture, uh, one amazing thing about Joseph is that in the in the New Testament, Joseph never says anything. He never opens his mouth. Joseph never says a word. He's not quoted for anything. There's no sound bites. There's no, he, he never says a word. Now, all you women out there, don't look at your husbands and wish. Uh, it doesn't work that way today. But Joseph, at least this husband, he appears in the scripture, and he never says anything. He only uh, acts, and yet we know from this birth announcement that God chose uh, Joseph, and He chose Joseph to be the earthly father of His own son. He chose Joseph. Out of all that he could have chosen, he chose Joseph just as much as he chose uh, Mary for this experience of raising uh, God's own son. And so we can look today at the birth announcement to Joseph and we can see how God had chosen him. And we can see too in our, in our kind of our theme verse as we've been looking at these announcements how Joseph reacted and in reacting how he entered into the goodness of of God. Remember, that's kind of our theme verse out of Second Peter 3 for our series, is we have everything we need to live a life that pleases God. It was all given to us by God's own power when we learned that He had invited us, our invitation, our birth announcement, when He invited us to share in His wonderful goodness. So the question today is, as we look at the announcement to Joseph, as we look at what Joseph does What can we glean for our own lives that will invite us into the same goodness of experiencing God in our life? Not just in this Christmas season, but continually. First observation. If we're going to enter into the goodness of God, the way Joseph entered into the goodness of God, Joseph would teach us by his actions that we need to practice righteous mercy. We need to practice righteous mercy. You say, What is righteous mercy? mercy? Thank you for asking. If you look at Joseph, you can understand what righteous mercy is because Joseph right away has a problem enter into his life. He has a dilemma enter into his life, and he has to respond to this problem. And he responds, we'll see, in righteous mercy. What's the problem? The problem is this. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. What's the problem? Mary's pregnant. And Joseph knows it's not him. See, so what you need to know is in uh, in Jesus' day, in Joseph and Mary's day, in the Jewish tradition, the whole thing of getting married was a process. It was basically a three-step process. Here's how it worked. The first thing that happened was the mothers and the fathers sat down and they did the matchmaking of bringing their daughter and their son together to be married. You see, those young people weren't intelligent enough and mature enough and experienced enough to be trusted to choose their life mate. Don't you like that, young people? You listening? Yeah. The moms and dads sat down and they decided who was good enough for their little girl or their wonderful son. And so the moms and dads sat down and they worked it out together and they actually signed a contract that said, okay, your son, your daughter pledge together. That was the first step in the process. The parents worked out the contract. The second step in the process then was the period that Joseph and Mary are in of being betrothed. It is the step in the process where the young girl and the young guy, in Joseph's case, not so young, they spend time together. They just get to know one another. It lasted usually somewhere around a year. And during that year, they focused on just being together, telling stories, having fun, enjoying each other, figuring out who this other person really is that they're now committed to spend their life with. What was key to this experience, this year of being betrothed, everybody absolutely understood during this period of being betrothed, there was to be no sexual intimacy. Not going to happen. You see, they understood the power of bringing sexual intimacy into a relationship. And when you bring that into a relationship too early, You put a power into your relationship that captures you. When you should be just learning about each other, figuring out what makes each other work and how they think and what their character is and all those kinds of things, instead of learning all that stuff, you get this power of sexual intimacy involved. So in the period of betrothal, there was to be absolutely no sexual intimacy. And so Joseph, Joseph respected betrothal and he respected Mary and he never. The Bible's clear in here, right? Before they came together, he never entered into that intimacy with Mary. Now here's a little sub note for you young people, especially you young girls out here. I love it when the Bible teaches little kernels of wisdom for us that are real true life stuff. You need to look and listen today to Joseph and Mary. And understand that if you're in a relationship with someone, and that someone is saying something like, you know, if you really cared about me, you would give yourself to me. It's not true. It's not true. If you really care about them, and they really cared about you, they would never pressure you into sexual intimacy. Joseph cared about Mary, and he never, never pressured her. True love says, I want to get to know you first as a person. I want to get to know your character. I want to get to understand who you are first. And in the process of this biblical experience of marriage, after the betrothal was the actual marriage. And it's in the actual marriage that sexual intimacy entered Young people, learn a lesson from Joseph and Mary. And understand, if somebody's trying to pressure you, that's not love. That's selfishness. Learn from Joseph and Mary. Understand, it is better to just wait. That's what love does. Okay? Let's move on. For Joseph and Mary, Joseph is now confronted with a problem because it becomes obvious that Mary uh, is... Pregnant. It raises a problem for Joseph because he knows he is a good guy and a righteous guy. The Bible says, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. You see that? He knew and understand what the law required in this circumstance. He understood that obviously if Mary was pregnant and he was respecting the process of betrothal, he was not the father of this child, so somebody was. And that meant Mary had been unfaithful to him already. Even before they were married, she had been unfaithful to him. Joseph was left with a response then. How do you respond in this situation? Now he had every right. Understand this. Joseph had every right at that particular moment when he found out this news to go to Mary's father to get Mary out of her father's house into the doorway of her house To get all the men in town around, give each one of them a stone and announce to the world that she had committed adultery and let everybody stone her to death. He had every right to do that and that would have been following the letter of the Old Testament law. But the text says Joseph was a righteous man. What's that mean? It means what we've been talking about with Mary, way back to Mary. Joseph tried to live his life in agreement with God's desire. He tried to live his life in agreement with God's desire. So when this problem comes up, he doesn't fall on the letter of the law. Instead, he steps back and says, You know, what is God's desire in this situation? What is the right, the righteous thing to do in this experience? And Joseph chooses to practice righteous mercy. He chooses to practice righteous mercy. He chooses to do what's right. He understands that actions have consequences. Mary is pregnant outside of marriage. Joseph knows he's not the dad. And so the relationship is going to be broken. So he makes the decision and says, look, I'm going to divorce her. She is going to have to deal with the consequences of her actions. And yet he chooses to do that in a merciful way. Way. He chooses, it says, the righteous man Joseph, and he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. You see that? He must have grown to love her in that experience of betrothal, that he decided what was in agreement with God's desire was not to follow the letter of the law, but instead to just divorce her quietly. And bring the relationship to an end. He chose, this is important, he chose. He chose not to respond with getting a pound of flesh. He chose not to respond with getting even. Here's the lesson if you're going to experience the goodness of God in your life, it is to learn from Joseph today the practice of righteous mercy when you're in the office, when you're out there experiencing the world and however you experience it, and somebody betrays you or somebody says hurtful things about you, and that inside part of yourself that starts getting kind of all wrenched up and your reaction inside is to say, man, I'll get even with them. You felt that before? You have to tame that and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that in agreement? with the way God would want me to act here. And you need to step back and be like Joseph and just say, wait a minute. God will be the judge. God will take care of the judgment process. I need to practice righteous mercy. I need to practice righteous mercy and compassion. And we know this is what God desires. We know this is how we get in agreement. Why? Because Jesus grew up And He exercised what He learned from His Father, both His heavenly Father and His earthly Father. You remember that day? You remember the day when Jesus was in this small town and all of a sudden they grabbed the woman and they threw this woman at Jesus' feet and all the men in town stood around her and every one of them had a stone in their hand and they said publicly in front of Jesus, this woman is guilty of adultery and she deserves to be stoned. And what did Jesus do? He practiced righteous mercy. He acknowledged the woman's sin, and yet He dispersed all of those guys with stone by the time it was all done, and He lifted up the woman, and He forgave her and said, Go live a better life. Don't sin that way again. He practiced what He learned from His Father, both of them, righteous mercy. If we're going to learn from Joseph and enter into the goodness of God, it is because we give up that whole revenge attitude and instead practice compassion. Do it in a right manner. Let folks understand there are consequences to their actions, but not in a vengeful, hurtful, hateful, a death-oriented manner. We practice righteous mercy. You see, there's always a consequence when these things happen. Jesus, by the way, never lost the consequence of Mary getting pregnant outside of betrothal. And the Bible never covers it up either the bible never covers up that jesus was conceived outside the experience of marriage it never you can go to the genealogy of genealogy of jesus in the gospel of matthew itself if you go there it's uh, in one sixteen. it goes through jesus's whole line right it gets down to jacob the father of joseph and then it describes joseph and mary and jesus right jacob the father of joseph the husband of mary and Mary was the mother of Jesus who is called the Messiah. What did they just say? Joseph isn't the father. Never covers it up. Never hides it. Even when Jesus grows up, the people in Nazareth know it. Listen, I grew up in a small town. You know what happens in small towns? My small town, to give you a sense of how big my town was, there were 52 kids in my graduating class. Anybody graduate in a smaller class? I win. 52 kids. I knew most of their birthdays because we were together from kindergarten on, right? Just the way it went. The first congregation I served in was the same size as my hometown. Isn't that amazing? My hometown was like 1,100 people, right? And you know what happens in a small town? Everybody knows everything that goes on. All you have to do is hang out in the coffee shop for a little while. And everybody knows everything that's going on. Jesus grew up in a little dinky spot, speck of a town called Nazareth. And in Nazareth, just because it was a small town, everybody knew what was going on. You can see it when Jesus grows up. If you go into Matthew 13, when Jesus had just finished telling these stories, he left and he went back to his hometown. He taught in their meeting place and the people were so amazed that they asked, where does he get all this wisdom and this power to work these miracles? Isn't he the son of the carpenter? Isn't Mary his mother? Aren't James, Joseph, Simon, Judas his brothers? Don't his sisters still live here in our town? How can he do all this? So the people were very unhappy because of what he was doing. What did they know? They knew the story. They knew the story. You see, Jesus never lost the consequences of the way the world operates in getting its vengeance. It traveled with him all of his life. Joseph paid the consequence of living in Nazareth and everybody knowing the story of what was going on. But he was still willing to act in righteous mercy. You see, we leave it up to the world. The world will exact its own judgment. The world will exact its own response and its own hurt. It's up to us to act in righteous mercy. Thankfully, God intervened. God intervened in Joseph's life. If you go to verse 20, it says, but after he had considered this, so he's thinking about what to do. He's made up his mind. Righteous mercy is the way to go. Then God intervenes. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, you folks out there that like really neat little Bible things, this is a Bible moment. You ready? I even highlighted it for you. See the title that the angel gives Joseph? Right? What is it? Son of David. See that? Joseph, son of David. This is really neat. That title in the New Testament is applied to only two people. Guess who the other one is? Jesus. This title is applied to Jesus and to his earthly father, and that's it. Isn't that cool? What is this angel doing? How could this angel take this title that that seems to be reserved for Jesus, and yet when he greets Jesus' earthly father, he applies that title to Joseph? What is this angel doing? You see, this angel is emerging into Joseph's dilemma and he's made this decision about what the righteous mercy thing is to do. The angel emerges in and says, Joseph, remember, you belong to David's line. You belong to David's line. So don't be afraid to do exactly what you've decided to do. Right? Don't be afraid to go ahead, even though it means consequences, to do righteous mercy. In fact, go beyond it and take Mary as your wife. Remember, Joseph, you're the son of David. The promise that was spoken to David applies to your family. Remember, you are a person that lives under the promises. And because you live under the promises of God, you can go ahead and practice righteous mercy and you can exceed righteous mercy and you can take Mary as your wife. See, in those moments of dilemma, when we're making those decisions, we need to remember. We live by the promises. We are a people. We don't need to respond the way the world does because we live under promises. We're God's own people, holy priests, a holy nation. We belong to Him. We're His. He's our identity. We follow in His footsteps. Joseph, son of David, remember Your family lives under a promise. So don't be afraid when you act in righteous mercy and when you exceed righteous mercy. Then the angel does a neat thing, and it's the next step for us. If we're going to enter into the goodness of God, the next thing the angel does is the angel expands Joseph's vision of what's going on. For us, it means we need to be able to believe in those times in a greater vision look what the angel does ready she will give birth to a son and you will give him his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins what the angel just do the angel went beyond the situation of saying okay look she's going to bear a child it's going to be a boy and you're going to name him Jesus and then he expands the vision of what's going on in this moment and says look Joseph think bigger think longer Because this child is not only going to be a boy, this child is not only going to be named Jesus, but this child is going to be the Messiah. This child is going to save people from the power and the bondage of sin. Joseph, think bigger. Expand your vision. See, when we get in those experiences of turmoil and and when our gut's churning and we're thinking about getting even and we have to push ourselves to practice righteous mercy and even find ways to exceed it, we need to step back, remember the promises, and expand our vision. Expand our vision and remind ourselves, wait a minute, this is not what my life is about. This experience of betrayal is not the sum total of what my life is supposed to be about. I can't get captured by this small experience in the scheme of my life. God has something greater in store for me. I am His. I'm of the line of David. He's got something greater. We need to be able to step back, get in agreement with God, practice that righteous mercy, exceed righteous mercy, and expand our vision of what God has in store for each one of us. And remember, when this happens, God can bring to you a confirming word if you just turn to the Scriptures. In these times of decision, God can bring to you a confirming word if you just spend your time in the Scriptures. Now, I've told you that before, right? You've heard me say that before? This is where you say, Yes, Pastor, we've heard that before. Okay, now I'm going to show you something really cool. You ready for this? I love it when the Bible proves that what I'm telling you is right. And it just does, right here. Joseph is in the middle of the experience. The angel comes and says, Remember the promise, Joseph, you've had your vision. And you know what the angel does? The angel confirms it with a Bible passage. The angel comes to Joseph and says, Joseph, look, let me give you a little Bible to support this and show you that what I'm telling you is absolutely true. The angel says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph, the Bible says, Go ahead. Don't be afraid. Hold on to the promises Practice righteous mercy. Exceed righteous mercy because you're a child with a greater vision of what God can do in your life, Joseph. He's got more in store for you. And besides, here's a piece of Scripture that tells you, this confirms God is doing something right here. When you turn, God will provide you with that that confirmation of a word. And He gives it right here to Joseph. And for all of us, there's a confirmation of expanding our vision. If we go to Ephesians 1, it says, I pray that that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His people and His incorruptible great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Expand your vision. In those times, don't get captured by revenge. Practice righteous mercy. Exceed righteous mercy. Remember you're a child of promise. And look beyond. Look beyond this experience to know that there's more for you. Look beyond into that power, that mighty strength that can even raise Jesus Christ from the dead. Now here's the last piece when you follow this path and you enter into this, God good, this God's goodness, it ultimately leads to obedience. That while you're thinking all this, while you're churning all this, ultimately you simply have to act. And that's what Joseph was good at. He didn't talk a lot. He just acted. And Joseph acted in obedience. He responded in obedience. It says, When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife. And he did it all based on a dream. Did you see that? He did it all based on a dream. Wait a minute. How many of you folks have gone to bed, woke up the next morning and, and somehow you woke up and said, man, I had, I, I had a dream, but nah. Well, you know, I wonder if God was talking to me in this dream or, you know, I got this great vision of what, maybe this is, a... nah. You hear what I'm saying? How many times has God come to you and planted that kernel of some seed of vision, some seed of possibility, and somehow the world wakes you up to reality and you end up backing off and saying, nah. Joseph woke up, he had the dream, and he responded in obedience. He responded in obedience. And he responded again in obedience and he responded again in obedience and he responded again in obedience. He not only took Mary home as his wife, but it goes to verse 25, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. Joseph not only loves Mary, respects Mary, but he honors the promises of God and he doesn't exercise his husbandly rights until after Jesus is born. He puts aside his own self-interest his own needs, he puts that aside to be obedient to God. So there can never be a question that this is God's Son. Isn't that incredible? Guys, you're supposed to shake your head right now. Isn't that incredible? He is more concerned with be obe- being obedient to God than anything else. And when Jesus is born, the text says, and he gave him the name Jesus. Why? Because the angel told him to. And he's obedient. And it goes beyond that. If you go into Matthew 2, he has another dream and he has to be obedient again, even at his own personal sacrifice. It says, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until uh, I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up and he went. You see that? He is obedient again. He had a good little business going up in Nazareth. But he went to Egypt. You see, if you're going to enter into the goodness of God, ultimately it has to come down to acting in obedience and just doing what God invites you to do. Righteous mercy, exceeding righteous mercy, remembering the promises of God, and acting in obedience to what God requires. What a great, what a great proclamation Joseph makes to us this morning without saying a word. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We thank you for um, men like Joseph. And uh, we just pray that this morning we uh, we can learn from him, even though he didn't speak a word, that we can learn that same righteous mercy, that we can expand our vision and just believe your promises more than anything and look beyond just the circumstances and instead just hold on to those promises you make over our life and see what you can do. And because of that, that we can just continue to act obediently, that we can take whatever that seed, that kernel of dream might be and respond to it because you ask it of us. We thank you, Lord, that uh, it is true that Jesus is Emmanuel and that He chooses to be with us this morning. Even in this coldest of days, you are here. Nothing is beyond your presence, nothing beyond your power if we just respond faithfully. We ask it with faithful hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.